everyone. If you want to be more involved in the show, please make sure to follow our account on Instagram at Therapist Out of Office. We will regularly ask questions that we will answer and dive into in our sessions on screen. We want to make this collaborative between us and you. Thank, Thank you for being, being here and enjoy the show. show. Welcome to Therapist Out of Office. I'm Lior Gal. I'm Maggie Lancioni, and we're both licensed therapists in private practice. Each episode, we will discuss mental health topics that are both mainstream and taboo from both the lens of a therapist and a human being. We show up with humor, authenticity, and vulnerability as we get into the educational nitty gritty. So come on in, make yourself cozy, and welcome to your session outside of the office. Yo, 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 guys, what's up? Hi, welcome. Welcome to Therapist Out of Office. Therapist Out of Office. Today, we have a different view of the cameras. <laughs> Maggie and I are sitting right across from each other. This is so intimate. I feel like it's a job interview. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Cheers. What makes you worthy of being here? Yeah, what, <laughs> tell me five things that are <laughs> special about you. That's exactly. so funny. Um, I know the, the interview questions are always so hard, but I know. anyways, <laughs> why we are here today, singleness and the dating life. Yeah, this should be a fun and interesting episode. We got a ton of great feedback, so we're going to try to get to all of your questions, comments, concerns as best as we can. Absolutely. We're very excited. Um, it's a hot topic. It's a hot topic. It's something that pretty much anyone can relate to we've all been single at one point in our Mm -hmm. life maybe dating maybe not but we know what it feels like to not be in a romantic relationship sure sure and just talking about like I think jumping right into like the stigma around dating yeah and like all of the obsessions and assumptions Mm -hmm. that our community and our culture has really around dating and how you know at least in our age group I would say like in your late 20s early 30s I think there becomes this like assumption or this stigma around like oh you're getting to this age now where Mm -hmm. you should be thinking about getting married and getting a house and having kids and I think especially with the holidays coming up like this is such a hot topic like you see all those funny t-shirts that are like no, I'm not dating. Stop asking me. Like, oh. whatever. Like, those <laughs> kinds of t-shirts that are like, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> like that. Because it's something that, you know, where people feel like they have the right to ask you questions about something that yeah. is supposed to be and is allowed to be very private. Yeah, it's intimate. Um, but isn't for some reason. Well, I think, too, with just social media and, like, any type of putting yourself out there – People want to see your life. People want to know what it is that yeah. you're doing, what it is that, you know, <laughs> makes you happy mm-hmm. or unhappy mm-hmm. even. Um, that these assumptions, too, and these questions, they they come up because also, honestly, I think a lot of the times people just don't know what to talk about. Yeah, maybe. So it's just easy to be like, oh, who are you dating? Like, oh, what, what you know, where'd you meet? Or... Because on, on one hand, someone might be comfortable with talking about it 100%, mm-hmm. and maybe somebody else is not comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you made a good point about social media. I do think that because people are so used to seeing just, like, the transparency yeah. of everybody's life, mm-hmm. um, especially with, like, this the rise of, like, social media influencers, like, we do yeah. see, you know – the ins and outs of everybody's life and love life and marriage and dating life and also too with like how popular dating shows are yes like or tv show like reality tv shows around dating and mm-hmm. you know love marriage at first sight or wh- whatever like yeah. there are so many tv shows mm-hmm. around 90 day fiance yeah, yeah 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 exactly there are so many tv shows around dating and sex and right. love and all that kind of stuff and i do think it's one of those topics that people are just obsessed with and so interested in and used to getting information about like they're used to being able to see all the ins and outs of it through social media and Mm -hmm. tv shows right or and when you say that i think about like if you're watching a a tv show or a movie which we'll get into of course or something on tiktok or instagram reel and you see this like 
person coming in with with a breakfast buffet for their partner and like setting it down and it's this like expectation I think that is kind of unrealistic for mm. a lot of relationships sure does it happen once in a while and is that nice absolutely but we see that and we tend to compare ourselves mm. in that moment and then what happens maybe internally is I'm mad at my partner mm. or I'm mad at whoever it is that I'm dating yeah. and or I don't have that and that's what a relationship actually looks like I don't know what it looks like I've never yeah. been in one and so does that mean that we have to just be doing things for each other all the time 24 yeah. 7 no yeah and I not. think that brings to like you know what we see of relationships in the movies and what yeah. we see in relationships in books even oh my gosh um, books. but like even like just considering movies and media you know I mean <laughs> I don't know any rom-com in real life. <laughs> like, no. I mean, I don't think anybody's relationship is always, like, so perfectly linear. Like, you get together, mm-hmm. you're in love, you get in a fight, you make up, you get married, yay, happily mm-hmm. ever after, or whatever. Like, I don't know anybody's relationship that's so, like, linearly drawn out, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know anybody's relationship that looks like a movie. And if it does look like a movie, that's because it's curated, probably, mm-hmm. for social media. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you're saying that, I'm, I'm weirdly thinking about um, there's those two movies. It was like Friends with Benefits and No Strings Attached mm, or something okay. with Mila Kunis, Ashley yeah, Kutcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was the, the other one. Whatever. The point is, is that like it it showed that, oh, this relationship didn't start off so romantically. It mm. started off as just friends with benefits and they didn't want a relationship. But then at the end, they realized they loved <laughs> each other so yeah. much. And it's uh-huh. always like this like high achieving couple and like mm-hmm. all this, you know. And I'm like, that's like, maybe that sometimes happens. Yeah, but when like you some s- people really do just want to have sex. Yeah. like that's okay yeah and yeah exactly and that's totally okay but then when like when you think about that and you think of how it portrays in the media and you're like am I not having sex enough am Mm. I having sex too much Mm. am I this am I that and it's like uh like yeah uh, I don't know if we need to you know watch that and compare it to ourselves I know because we're all different like some people can have you know sex is just an act and for some you know of pleasure and joy and then Mm -hmm. for some people sex is an act of intimacy Mm -hmm. you know and connection so we all are different in that way and it's hard to judge on like you know your sex life I think we can even talk about the differences between men and women right um and I also want to caveat this with Lior and I are both in heterosexual marriages um so we are only speaking from our personal experience and some of the feedback that we've received so we can't touch too much on lgbtq relationships because we don't know them personally for Mm -hmm. ourselves um we can touch base on them based off of what we know about maybe clients or some close friends or family um but we're both in heterosexual relationships so just kind of thinking about the the stigma and the gender norms around like women and sex partners and Mm -hmm. men and sex partners and how you know the more men that women sleep with or a slut mm-hmm. or a whore yeah. or whatever the language is around that, yeah. uh, less pure. Ugh, <laughs> um, okay. And then men, if they have more partners, they're seen as like, you know, the man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Good uh, for you, you know. So, I mean, I think we're yeah. trying to break those kinds of boundaries down as the generations continue to become more aware and mm-hmm. open and things like that. Uh, but those things are still very much yeah. at play. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, I don't know what you were kind of taught when you were growing up with dating, but it's like, you know, don't have sex with them because that's all that they want. That's all that they want you for. Mm -hmm. And you internalize that. I think a lot of us internalize that. There are so many tropes in movies and books around that. Yeah. Like, you know. I think like when I do reflect back, um, like you just asked, I I think like not so much in high school, but in college, I remember like starting to date people and, and, you know, whatever, hanging out and people talking about like, oh, well, how many people have you had sex with? And it's like, um, but I remember asking that question as well. Like I was also conditioned to ask that question. And, but realistically, like, why does it matter? Yeah. What am I going to get from it? I know. I know. But that's the thing is, like, nobody is impervious to, like, the messages of society. Yeah. You know, nobody. Exactly, exactly. So I, I definitely think that, you know, when when dating and when getting into relationships, it's whatever makes the most sense to you. Mm-hmm. If you feel uncomfortable with something, yeah, ask yourself what about that is making you feel right. uncomfortable. Um, everyone's entitled to their own decisions and opinions, but it's also – 
we need to really understand, I think, where that comes from. And is it from us or is it our parents or is right. it society or is it social media, you know, right. media in general? Yeah. And I also think kind of going back to like sex, it's like women are often told that sex is for the pleasure of men. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and that is like our primary purpose is to give pleasure to men. And I think again, with the generations kind of moving forward, um, yeah. learning that women can also experience <laughs> pleasure in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, too, it's it's this whole new just identity, like, exploration for a lot of women who yeah. are learning, like, it's okay that I experience pleasure from this and I have joy from this. And, you know, it's not just about the male gaze and, right. you know, what we can do for men. It's also what feels good to you and what you enjoy. So if you don't enjoy it, you don't have mm-hmm. to do it. And if you do enjoy it, there's no shame in that. That's great. That's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> right. And like, yeah. you know, kind of going back to like the movies as well. And like, mm-hmm. we didn't really touch too much on books, but I think we, we could. We c- <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Um, we will. You know, we'll get into that in a second. But like thinking about, I mean, yeah, this is for books and movies, but a soulmate. Like, is mm. there a soulmate out there? Like one person out there for all of us? What is your take on that, Lior? I want to say no. Yeah, no. No. Definitely no. Like, do I tell my best friends, like, you're my soulmates, like, Mm, and I mean it, like, yeah, Yeah. but I don't say it to one of my best friends. I I feel that about a lot of my close friends. So does that then stand for romantic partners as well? I think so. I mean, again, uh, if you're in a monogamous relationship, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you don't have a lot of different soulmates that you (laughs) tell that to. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless you're in a polyamorous relationship, then that's uh, very different. But I think that you can end up with someone that is not necessarily your soulmate, but you have an amazing – well, soulmate, because I don't think that really Mm -hmm. is a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And your relationships could be so incredible with – fighting with mm-hmm, arguments with mm-hmm. disagreements with right all of the turmoil that also right. comes with relationships what right, do you think that lends to like what is a soulmate does that mean like the mm-hmm. most perfect person for you who you never argue with yeah. you always agree you always see eye to eye because like I don't really even know what that means <laughs> you know yeah, like me neither. when you think of a soulmate like yeah like I think that there are multiple people out there mm-hmm. for everyone yeah it's just kind of like I guess timing and who you meet when and like even just kind of just reflecting on my previous relationships like they obviously all didn't work out for a reason however some of them were not bad people they're not bad men guys right it's just that like we there was some things that I mean also to timing you're young I'm you know in high school and college what is the likelihood that those relationships are really gonna last but like they're nice guys you know like if you just think about it but obviously when you're so young things change and you know people change and who I wound up with now is I believe someone who is perfect for me at the same time like you know it's not to say that like the other people that you have dated are like terrible crappy people like also understanding that you know is there one person for everyone because that also puts a lot of pressure on when you're dating it's like everybody that you meet are they my soulmate are they my soulmate are they my soulmate Mm -hmm. A lot of expectation yeah. is placed then on this one person to be everything that you need them to be yeah. or want them to be. And that's just never going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, to sort of go with that, um, and we're definitely going to go into dating apps, but like having this like surplus, I, I think that it really shifted when dating apps came about, which I, I have a love-hate relationship with them. I think they're really great and there's a lot of um, – uh, positive things that come from them and you're, you're able to meet more people mm-hmm. but with being able to meet more people there's more of a selection there's more sure. of a decision mm-hmm. and as most of us do struggle with making decisions I I, I mean I do mm-hmm. I, I maybe you do as well that it puts you know it puts us into like this pressure cooker of like I have all it it's sort of like reality TV, like mm. The Bachelor, or yeah. you know, you know mm-hmm. of like I have all of these people that I can I'm dating at once, and I, well, this one kind of gives me the ick by doing this, and this one kind of does that, so I'm gonna go with the other one, but that one kind of makes me, and so mm-hmm, I'm gonna go, mm-hmm. and it's almost like a an immediate no yeah. on somebody that maybe it wasn't a red flag, but it was just something that you're not into, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's uh, hard. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, is like I think the big things matter, right? So like we all have yes. non-negotiables, which might be something like, I don't know, for some people it's education or mm-hmm. family relationships or 
you know, the ability to trust and all that kind of yes. stuff. And then we have some that are like not so non-negotiables or not so red flaggy. Like, for instance, you know, somebody might struggle with cleaning up after themselves. Like yeah. that might be for some people like that's annoying. It's mm-hmm. not a deal breaker. It's just annoying. Whereas for some others, that might be like, absolutely not. That's mm-hmm. a hard stop for me. Yeah. So I think, you know, but those are the kinds of things where it's like on dating apps, do you even, how much of this information do you even really know? I mean, you're getting a very curated biography and of swipe through photos that yeah. people want you to see. Right. Um, and I think for some people it is really hard to talk about themselves. And you, when you have to write like little bios or mm-hmm. whatever, like it's hard to make assessments and judgments. Yeah. And then it's also scary, right? Because you're meeting these people. Yeah. I, it could be tough because you're, like, chatting online yeah. and then you go to meet in person. Catfish. You could be catfish. Yeah, there's a lot of fear and, and oddness, I think, around it for a lot of people. Yeah, it, it might not feel natural or it might feel more safe to meet someone mm-hmm. like this and maybe talk to them a little bit more before, you know, you meet up for a date or, I mean, there are... I feel like the evolution of dating apps, there has been this like stigma Mm -hmm. for some dating apps versus others where like, you know, Tinder Uh, was known as like the hookup one and Bumble is where the the, woman makes the first move and then Hinge is like the relationship one where Mm -hmm. like, I don't think that's the case anymore. I I, I actually hear, well, I work with, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, I actually hear that now Tinder is the one that is more successful for forming relationships. I mean, I've known people who have relationships off of Tinder. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. It just depends on who you meet, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, sure, there are going to be people on Tinder and Hinge and Bumble, all yeah. of them, who just want to hook up, and that's fine. And yeah. then there are going to be people on probably all those apps, too, who do want to be in a relationship. It's just who you're, who you're meeting. Yeah. Because I think the – well, not I think. I know the point of dating apps is to delete them. That's the point. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. point is to go on to find your match and then mm-hmm. you you don't need it anymore. Yeah. But because like, like I said before, when we think of it, it's almost like social media of doom scrolling. You're scrolling and swiping and swiping and swiping and swiping. And you're just, you have such a large pool of people, especially mm-hmm. if you live in a city that is it, is it like, am I swiping to find the right match for me or am I just swiping to find people? Yeah. Yeah, to, to date or to become even friends with. Yeah. I don't know. Dating apps are, I think for some people they love them and some people they hate them and some yeah. people they feel like it's their only option because yes. I think dating, you know, as it once was before technology, I guess, is kind of eradicated, I guess, because yeah. of technology, mm-hmm. you know, like no people just feel like you don't really meet out in the wild, I guess, as they say. Yeah. You don't really meet out, quote unquote, naturally anymore mm-hmm. um, or organically anymore um, because I guess it's just so much more normalized to do things online, which is like a whole other difficulty and I think problem, I guess, for some people because mm-hmm. not everybody feels comfortable online and they want to do things more organically, but yeah. some people feel like there is a comfort behind a screen versus in person so I do think that dating is probably more tricky now than ever yeah um, because because organically it it means actually means effort putting in a Mm -hmm. lot of effort so we're all very busy people and especially if you have a a high paced job or you know or or you're in school and you're studying all the time in order to meet someone organically you kind of have to be out and about yeah you have to either be going out whether that's like going out at night or going out to dinners Mm -hmm. with girlfriends or guy friends or whoever and like being almost like open and flirty and um approachable i feel like and that that can be really really hard yeah and especially like when when we think about like gender norms can and i think we had this question of like can a, a woman um come up to a man yeah again in a heterosexual relationship sure um can can she make the first move mm-hmm. and yeah right yeah for sure yeah. yeah why not no absolutely but i think you know like what you're saying in terms of like quote unquote out in the wild quote yeah. unquote organically wild. meeting <laughs> um 
you just kind of have to, just to piggyback off of what you were saying, you just kind of have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like going up to people, Mm -hmm. making yourself known, saying hi, going out of your way to start a conversation. And I think because of the age of social media, people are less inclined to do that because we are able to hide behind screens so frequently and so often. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can see just in the generations how, you know, face-to-face contact is more awkward for a lot of people because they're just so used to being online on social media so I do think if you're out there and trying to date in that way um it's really I think it's exponentially harder yeah um but going forward into the can a woman you know make the first move I'm all for that why not yeah right because we're already talking about like breaking down the gender norms and breaking down the stereotypes and you know of like the white knight and the damsel in distress kind of thing um I think that it's great to to do that and I think the the right people will love that right yeah. if somebody's really turned off by that that just lets you know where they're at and that, that maybe they're not a good fit yeah for you and mm-hmm. that's that's completely okay yeah. meaning if you are even if you're dating someone or are wanting to date someone and they don't like you back that's really really hard mm. and it happens yeah it happens and that and that's something to get through um I say get through versus get over mm-hmm. because when when we go through something, it's it's a lesson almost. It's yeah. an experience that we have and we learn from it and, you know, we move forward with it, through yeah. it. And moving on is, is kind of really hard, I think. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to dating, you're, you're going to break a heart and someone's going to break yours, if mm-hmm. not multiple times, right? I think that that is um, like the unfortunate truth of it. I mean, yeah. even just thinking about to, back to like your dating experience, Lior, in yeah. middle school. I feel like you dated early. Middle, middle school. school. You no. were dating in seventh and eighth grade. Tell me you weren't. I mean, dating, like, that's my boyfriend, but like, not. Yeah, that's exactly right. I didn't right. do anything. No. <laughs> what? Okay, here's another thing dating does not mean that you're doing intimate Very sexual true. things with someone. Very I true. think dating is a, an emotional experience, too. Yes. Um, but anyway, going oh. back to like high school, I guess, uh, you know, college and all that, like, you know, I'm sure, I mean, I can speak for myself. Like I definitely hurt some people along the way and that oh, yeah. sucks. And some people definitely hurt me and that sucks. Oh, yeah. And that's unfortunately, I guess also fortunately, cause you do a lot of growing and learning in, in that time. Um, yeah. What dating is, is it's not always going to be like the first person you meet, you fall in love with and you get married and have babies and life's great. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's not always how it is, you know, to get to the you know, to your person, if that's kind of what happens for you, it, there is a lot of mess along yeah. the way. Yeah. And sorry, I'm, I'm like stuck on middle school no. <laughs> that you said that because you're right. I was definitely very, I know you were, oh, I, I just I, know. I, I already just it. know. I, I think I had like my first crush when I was like six. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. I, I was definitely very young. That's okay. I, lo- I loved having crushes. Um, yeah. Oh my God. It was so exciting. It to was have so a exciting. It actually reminds me of a time in middle school because you said middle school and yeah. I know everybody thinks that I have this issue with middle school and, and I do. <laughs> I do have an issue with middle school. Uh, yeah, I hear you. Because I feel like I do. Probably do too. Yeah, I don't know why. It just, it was like probably the most traumatic like three years of my life because of all that is happening in our bodies and in mm. our brains and all the hormones and yeah. all that fun stuff. But the, the point is, <laughs> the point is, is... I really liked somebody, mm. um, and I was in theater. Shocker! When I was in middle school, is that a shocker? I don't know. I feel like I'm not. I'm not a theater. Like I can't sing. I wish. Okay. I, I I like acting, but yeah. I feel like theater. You have to kind of have both. And I I unfortunately, I mean, I think like I like to think that I do, but I know that I can't <laughs> sing. Um, so anyway, so I really liked someone. I and and he knew it. Like you could tell. I think. Like in eighth grade when you're like flirting, like you're doing, you know, stupid stuff mm-hmm. and you're like whatever. And him and this other girl, like the, the other girl came to me and she was like, oh, yeah, he definitely really likes you. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. But I try to keep my cool. But then like a few whatever hours later, they were like laughing and they were like, he doesn't like you. Ha ha. Like all this stuff. And I remember oh, being like devastated yeah as you should as you would as I yeah exactly where I'm like "Mm, excuse me like look at me now Mm -hmm. married and okay (laughs) (laughs) but 
the the point is is that that could have sh- really shaped me yeah. and it probably did for however long it it did that I was afraid to tell people that I really like them yeah and I was afraid to really show that like hey I I have a crush on you mm-hmm. because that's really really challenging to like someone and not have them like you back yeah for sure that also really lends to just like how we learn like what it means to like like someone and who you can trust with that information and I remember and like I think middle school is like I don't know it's such a pivotal yeah time of life I think where you are doing things like reaching puberty and like people are more I guess socially aware of like status because I remember that's Mm -hmm. when I really started knowing like who the popular people were yeah and the boy that I liked I was very very secret about it except to my mom I wrote on a little whiteboard that I have a crush on this boy and put it under my mom's door, her bedroom door, oh so that she knew I had a crush. And this was high school for you? No. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. You're literally the worst. It was middle school. But I do remember that he liked the girl in our class who was dressed a little more provocatively. Mm. And I remember mm. that was the first time that I saw, like, G-strings, like thongs. Oh, Like, girls would yes. wear thong straps mm-hmm. that stuck up above their pants, and I was like, This is a true story. My eighth grade picture, like my eighth grade yearbook picture, I was wearing a Tigger sweater, okay? (laughs) Like like Tigger from like Winnie the Pooh, okay? So so you can see that that is not where I was at. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) But there was a G-string right underneath that. No, definitely not. So that's what I'm saying is that I I knew from early on I was so vastly different from the girls that the boys had a crush on. Yeah. Um, and I still think that even though we're older, we, there still is messaging around right. what men find attractive, mm-hmm. right? And they do say like that, you know, a lot of how women are told to dress or act is for the male gaze. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, in middle school, you that is where I remember really learning. Like, I don't look like them. I'm not blonde and oh, I'm yeah. a little bit chubbier. And, mm-hmm. you know, what does that mean? for me like am I not likable and you internalize a lot of that yeah stuff and so yeah I don't blame you for having like that hurts it hurts middle school hurts it hurts when things like that happen like faking that someone likes you and unfortunately like you're not the first person that I've heard oh yeah that kind of story I want I want to be relatable because I know that that like I want to talk about this because I know that this happens oh yeah that's not the last time that's ever happened to me I've definitely had Mm -hmm experiences where I liked someone and they didn't like me back and how devastating mm-hmm. that that really felt at the time yeah it is and and even like yeah even when in your adulthood as you're dating you know if if you like someone but they just want to be friends with you that's really hard to mm-hmm. maybe move on with a yeah. friendship with them because you have different feelings Feelings, yeah I know it's really tough I don't know I don't know how you would like this has definitely happened on my end as like the receiver of that like having someone be interested in me that I wasn't interested in and um you know trying to be a kind and compassionate person at the same Mm -hmm. time set the boundary and having them say then I can't be friends with you and you're like I get it like it sucks yeah because it sucks for me because I liked being friends with you however I have to understand that, you know, some people might be able to maintain in the friendship. I just think for a lot of people, if you really feel like really emotionally pulled to someone or connected to someone or in love with someone, it's got to be really hard being friends when watching them go on dates or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're in that kind of if you are in that kind of situation, my heart is out to you. Our hearts are out to you because it's really hard. And only mm-hmm. you get to decide if you're okay, you know, maintaining in that relationship, that friendship. Exactly. Got to protect your heart. Yeah. And I think naturally when that happens to us, we seek out guidance from others, like our friends, mm-hmm. um, especially when we're like dating or like, of course, in the scenario of I like them, they don't like me back. Mm-hmm. And and we, we want to know what we should do next mm-hmm. and at the same time you might receive advice that you don't like 
you might receive advice that you do like but doesn't help or yeah. you might you know and and it's or unsolicited advice or unsolicited advice right it, it's sort of like what do you how do you handle someone talking to you about dating like like in family I mean the mm-hmm. holidays are coming up so like around the dinner table and your parents are like well why like are you dating anyone mm-hmm. or like maybe you should try this why don't you try doing that or why don't you try and that feeling of like well overwhelming of course but also yeah. like this is my business yeah and like what do you what do you almost like what do you know about I know this? it's frustrating I think for a lot of people especially again with the holidays coming up just around like everybody wants to know your business and mm-hmm. that seems to be like the first thing I my daughter is 18 months old but from the time that she or no she's 19 months now Aww. wow um just a couple days ago but from the time that she was like before one people were asking me oh do you think you want to have another baby like mm-hmm. just I, as there's just such a um like an unawareness almost around yeah. like you don't know if I have been trying you don't know if I haven't been having success you don't know mm-hmm. what my birth story was like if I would even be open or willing to have another child I right. mean you don't know what my relationship is like could we have another child my finances so I think lending that to dating it's like you don't know if I have been trying you don't know if my heart has been broken you don't know if yeah. you know I I don't want to date and why I don't want to date and so it is one of those topics where people just just like child planning and family rearing and you know dating is one of those topics where people think that they just have the right to ask you about that topic and about what you're doing and you know your personal life right exactly because people want to be involved in your life people want to know what you're up to because they care and I know most of the time I'd like to think that it's coming from a good place Mm -hmm. um but like Maggie always says it's my favorite um quote that you have that um intent does not negate impact Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I say this every every single it's so true though because it is true because someone might be saying like wanting to know about you but you're actually really uncomfortable talking about this topic and when it comes to dating it is very personal um because you maybe you're not right or maybe you're dating someone you're, you're not ready to disclose that you're dating them yeah and that's like that um like soft launch on social media of like I'm dating someone, but you only show their hand. Like, you're only holding hands with their shadow. Yeah. I've seen like the funniest soft launches, and then it's like hard launch, and yeah, it's like yeah. you two, you know, standing next to each other, so funny. hugging. Um, but you know, people do that. I think uh, for for one, because that's their own decision, and mm-hmm. you know, their privacy, and that's yeah. what they want to do. And also, maybe like, especially if it's on social media, or, or if you are more in the light um more influential Mm -hmm. in in things like a lot of people have a lot of opinions yeah and we also like romanticize people's relationships yeah online I know that like I listened to armchair expert with Dak Shepard um but he uh, and his like earlier episodes that he had talked about how him and Kristen him and Kristen Bell are often really people look at them and they go wow they're in the most perfect Mm -hmm. relationship look at them they're always laughing they get along so well whatever and he's like we hate being that couple (laughs) in the media's eye but just because it puts a lot of pressure on the relationship and they Mm -hmm. are in couples counseling and all this stuff that like now they feel like they have to disclose that so that people don't put them on this pedestal and that's what happens on social media I mean I could list a handful of social media relationships or just relationships that were in the public eye that people were so shocked to find out they divorced or didn't work out and that just really lends to like you know you if you're not in the relationship you truly do not know it no I don't even care how close you are to the two people if you are not one of the two people or whoever is in that relationship if you're not in that group then you truly do not know about the relationship. Yeah, it's a facade. Most of the time, it's a facade. And also, most of the time, I would say that couples don't – they don't argue in the same way around other people no. than they do behind closed doors. Sure, yeah. Sometimes, of course, it happens. But, like, it, it's it's definitely what you see, even in front of you, even with your closest friends, is not – does not mean that that's exactly how the relationship is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that is when it, when it comes to, like – you either going to someone for advice or Mm -hmm. someone coming to you and just trying to give unsolicited advice, you kind of get to set the tone for that. Whether you've been the ghosty or the ghoster, Uh um, it does does happen to a lot of people and it might feel embarrassing. And also, it's most of the time not about the ghosted, but about the ghosty. (laughs) 
Yeah. The ghoster. Sorry. Sorry. The ghoster. Mm-hmm. Um, where sometimes it happens because people feel unsafe and that, and so they just ghost. Yeah. Or sometimes it happens because they don't want to deal with letting someone down. Yeah. Or the repercussions. The repercussions, right? The conversation. Yeah. Um, that closeness, that intimacy, and so they they choose avoidance over over that. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't say much about you in that scenario as it does about them but it still is really really hard yeah I am a big proponent of trying to help people like live their authentic life like live authentically and just be open and honest and that's scary because it's vulnerable but there is Mm -hmm. a ton of of empowerment and vulnerability and with that I kind of mean like you at least know that who you are to the outside world is like truly who you are and you know that like no stern no stone no Mm -hmm. stone has been left unturned so like when I speak to friends family clients about you know someone ghosted me what do I do Mm -hmm. I always say like what do you want to do Right. Like that's the big thing is that we think that there are all these like rules around like, oh, if they ghost, like I should curse them out or if they ghost, I should just let it go. Or, you know, I mean, do I it's kind of like the do I text him first or do I let him text me or do I let her text me back? And we think that there are all these like rules around dating these like nobody has ever actually written these rules down but I think we all know them. Yeah. Right. Like if I text you and you don't text me back within like a day mm-hmm. what do I do do I try to contact you again or not right yeah. some people might say like no that means they're not interested in you yeah right like we all know these like we- weird rules around yeah. dating and so games. yeah and the games that's like, that's probably really what they are um but what I try to say is like if you really want to say something like hey my feelings are hurt mm-hmm. like from you doing this I think that that's okay yes I think you have the right to say something about the ghosting if it hurt you mm-hmm. do I want you to attack them and call them all these kinds of names and x y and z no probably not just yeah. because I think down the line you might regret doing that or you, it might not be like you know yeah authentic to you right the best way to handle it however I think that if you're hurt by it I think you are allowed to send a message and say, hey, the last I heard from you, we had plans to go to the movies and now we don't and I'm really upset and I just wanted you to know this really hurt me. And for whatever reason, you're not responding that you do you. That's fine. However, I just want you to know, like, it's not cool to do this to people. You know, I think that that's okay to send that message if that's something that you want to do, because the truth of the matter is there really are no rules. There really aren't. So, like, if you want to say something, you say something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's dating is about advocating for yourself, Mm -hmm. essentially. It's about speaking up, talking about your interests, respecting somebody else as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, we're all out there to please ourselves (laughs) and then and then please somebody else that deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're the one who is doing the ghosting, Mm -hmm. I think, and Lior, I don't want to speak for you, but from my end, I just think that it is kinder to just let someone know yes. that you're not interested in them anymore. You don't have to continue to have dialogue, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if you send a message and say, hey, I've enjoyed hanging out with you. However, I'm not interested in going forward. Yeah, It's been really nice getting to know you. That's it. You don't have to say anything else if they rebuttal. Or reason. Or reason. No, you, but I just think that it's better to say something than nothing. And if you have ghosted, yeah. it's okay. You live and you learn. And you're right, Lior. Some people ghost because they don't feel safe. Yeah. Right? So maybe that's a different circumstance where this person has become, you know, abrasive or this person has become obsessive and you Mm -hmm. decide to not interact with them anymore. That might be a different circumstance where ghosting is like your only option or blocking is your only option. So safety, obviously, is an aside kind of situation. Um, But for the most part, if it's just two people dating and one person doesn't want to anymore, I always think it's best to just... Let them know. And it'll suck and it might hurt both parties. However, that's like well, like we said earlier, that's a part of dating. Yeah. Dating has so many different like parts to it. Cause even even in the beginning when we're wearing our rose colored glasses and everything is so romantic and and exciting and different. Mm-hmm. And we might even lean into codependency um, or relying on this person and that might continue in the relationship mm. it's it's actually really funny i want to talk about codependency but i 
I'm making this up. Like this is my own experience and like experience as obviously a, a couples therapist and a therapist and a human being. But I always say there are different time marks in relationships that you kind of are like pretty big humps mm. that most of the time couples either make it or break it during these times. Mm. And I think number one is three months. Mm. Number two is eight months. <laughs> Where are you getting these numbers? I, 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 It's just from either experience or talking with clients and, and gathering data that way. I don't have oh like God, a You research. should do a social science I, experiment on this. I absolutely should. Um, then, and guys, let us know if, if I'm onto something here, if you've ever experienced this. But um, And the number three is two years. Mm. And then it's four years. And then after that, like, it, <laughs> it is what it is. And then maybe, like, there's marriage and divorce. And, but that, we're not right. going into that. We're just talking about dating. Um, where... These humps, I, I think, just there's, I would say there's transitional periods in these times. Like three months, the honeymoon stage is kind of over. Eight months is like, oh man, this is kind of getting really serious. Do we live together? Uh, maybe it depends how old you are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, and then like two years is like, maybe do we want to get engaged? Mm. And so it's like big life transitions, and then four years maybe it's like kids. Yeah. So it's like big life transitions happen that. Uh, sort of sway you in either direction and mm-hmm. with your partner um, or when you're dating of like is this person the right person for me yeah I really want to build off that because I yeah. think this is something important to talk about too is when you said like it depends on your age yeah and like when I just think about like the generations before us mm-hmm. like I don't know our parents maybe born in the 50s or 60s and like be like you know before that yeah. um, people were like married with kids at like 19 20 oh, yeah. 21 years old like I think of my grandmom she had she was married with two kids by the time she was 21 Oof. so like it's something like that where it's like the, not that that can't happen now however mm-hmm. that is not the norm no right like now it's like getting married one of my best friends my one of my college friends she was married right out of college at like 22 or 23 mm-hmm. and I remember like now they're they were meant to be they're together they're in love it's great yeah. um but I do remember thinking oh my god like <laughs> yeah. I, I could never be I was out on the loose I was just like doing my thing like yeah. I couldn't imagine being married at yeah. 23 years old and I just think we also have to recognize just like societal changes, like the mm-hmm. the generations before us, which are typically the ones that are like at the holiday parties, like, yeah. why are you not married or why are you not dating? You're 31, 32 years old, whatever the case, like yeah. you're 28 years old. Um, they're also coming from an entirely different like social, exp- you know, perspective yeah. um, because we don't live in the times of, you know, you know, the traditional, you know, man goes to work, mm-hmm. woman stays home and cooks and takes care of babies. Nowadays, it's like everybody has to work. Yeah. Nobody can afford life yeah. without like a dual income, you know, household oh, for the yeah. most part. And also like recognizing, I don't know, maybe women have hopes and dreams. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe we have things that we want to do outside of the home. Yeah. I don't know. You know, so like, and also education, college, yeah. graduate school, like those things like that, that are take pushing, take time and are, are more valued, I think now than, than ever before and so it's pushing back child rearing ages and and marriage and all that and I also heard I cannot remember where I'm gonna have to look this up and and report back to everyone but I remember hearing that women are less likely to get married and have children like I guess they're getting married and having children later because they're not settling Mm, they're being more mm -hmm. particular about who they're choosing rather than like you know who they think they should be with or, you know, mm-hmm. someone who is available or yeah, what or they think. Or a provider. Or a provider or what they think that what their life should look like. Okay, I'm 28. Yeah. He's nice enough. <laughs> I'll, I'll just get married because I'm of that age. I think, you know, I remember reading it somewhere that they're more – or hearing it somewhere that they're yeah. more likely to – I heard that too. You know, now be just more particular about who they decide to, to marry. Mm-hmm. Also because back in the day it was like you didn't really get to choose. Yeah, you, know? you didn't. Like, for instance, my grandmother, I'll go back to her. She mm-hmm. was pregnant before they got married and they just had to get married, mm-hmm. you know, because she was pregnant. And like, that's not the case anymore. Absolutely. You not. know, which is great, obviously. You know, no one should be forced into marriage. But no. um, yeah, also, so I think that that's important to recognize is that like we're just living in an entirely different time than the generations before us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's there's not a linear path anymore with that right. in the sense of like first comes love, second <laughs> comes marriage. Ah, I, I comes baby and the baby. I know. Yeah. I always sing that to my husband <laughs> because well, we started dating, then we bought a house. Be- we 
this is wild. Mm-hmm. We purchased a home before we've ever lived together. Ah, okay. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a big, big leap. Sure, yeah. Like, you got to really like someone. Yeah, he's got <laughs> to be all right in your book. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be pretty good. And then, you know, we got our dog. Then we got married. So it's I, I always sing that song. I'm like, first we bought a house. <laughs> then we got a dog. <laughs> then we got married. <laughs> and yeah. the baby comes way later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, but the, the point is, is that, if you have if you don't want to be married but you want to have a baby first that's also okay. oh yeah mm-hmm. right so dating has has a lot of unspoken rules and also we're destigmatizing all the other rules the right. linear rules that right. go along with um with marriages yeah and like some people don't want kids yeah and like oh, that yeah. blows people's minds yeah right they're like what do you mean oh my god how could you possibly live it's it's so I think having kids is so scary. <laughs> uh, yeah, and some people you can have a very fulfilling life without kids. Yeah. I I had a fulfilling life before. I mean, I have one now with my daughter, but I yeah. definitely had one before her existence. Yeah. And I think that like you know, some people don't want to get married. I have known for we've had family friends that have been mm-hmm. together forever, but ne- you know, never got ma- they got married like way way like later in life. Yeah. I don't you know whatever, but I mean, they were together for like 30, 40 years before that even happened. And oh like gosh. the institution of marriage, I think people are starting to question a little bit more and mm-hmm. so the times are changing so you know just remember that the people that are talking to you about dating how old are they <laughs> you know <laughs> like look how old are they and where are they coming from and what has been their experience and I just think that's important to recognize because you know life is a change in life is it a really change-in. is and we're recognizing I mean not that it's new information however it's more open we're more open and, and communicating about it now about like the fluidity of relationships and the yeah. fluidity of our gender expression and our sexuality and our interests and things like that where you mm-hmm. know it was it still is obviously stigmatized but even more so you know 5 10 20 30 years ago um, so relationships do even look different now it's not even necessarily like dating one at a time as mm-hmm. it used to be now it's like you can date multiple people at yeah. once like yeah and that's, that's okay. okay yeah un- un- until or unless you have the conversation around monogamy exclu- yeah yeah mm-hmm. and that's that's absolutely <laughs> i mean that's kind of those like dating shows that we talked about earlier yeah. a little bit different though in real life um yeah. not one person dating a bunch of people but a bunch of people dating a yeah. bunch of people yeah um so i i think that also speaks to like is it normal to not want to be in a relationship mm-hmm. and i want to say yes there's yeah. many fulfilling relationships that isn't aren't romantic relationships that might feel Absolutely. good enough in that moment Absolutely. Um, that you don't really maybe you're not ready or maybe uh, maybe it is avoidance maybe it, there is some fear around mm-hmm. it or maybe it, it's felt unsuccessful mm-hmm. um, and maybe you just don't want to be in one yeah and normalizing that you can be happy mm-hmm. <laughs> without a, a partner like you can be happy you can have a fulfilling life without having a romantic partner because as you said like when we think about like loneliness it's not you're not only lonely because mm-hmm. you don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever a partner you're, that's not loneliness loneliness is just lack of connection right you can have connection mm-hmm. with so many people and feel so fulfilled by that yeah. now again saying that to you know someone not potentially in this generation they might be very flabbergasted by that (laughs) or be like what do you mean you're happy alone right like uh, that makes no sense to me but you got to recognize that you know we're so much more complex than just like you would be happy if you were married yeah right because we are both married people do you have days when you're not happy (laughs) (laughs) no I'm happy 24 7 what do you mean (laughs) exactly exactly marriage is the cure to all yeah oh god no (laughs) But, you know, like, it makes no sense to say marriage will fix you or being in a relationship will fix you. Having kids will fix you. You'll be happy then. Like, what do they say? Happiness is not a destination. It's a journey or some shit. Like, or some crap. (laughs) This one's going on YouTube. Guys, our cameras died again. (laughs) Our cameras died again. Yeah, I know. We're having trouble. Um, But, yeah, so, like, you know, you wanting to be single is different than you – not wanting to be single, but being single anyway. Yeah, because you can feel more alone in a relationship than Absolutely. you do being single. Oh, my God. I'm so happy that you bring that up because it's so true. Yeah. You can feel so lonely yeah. in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Misunderstood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And neglected. It, neglected. And it's so hard to be in relationships like that. And that's kind of like 
uh, and especially like if those relationships end and you're grieving that that relationship and there's maybe some unlearning to do or maybe you feel hung up on that relationship even if it wasn't that great or even if it was great and you know it, it did end having having that loss of course is really really hard um and it also i i, I say this uh, i cav- caveat a caveat caveat it caveat yeah <laughs> but do you say a caviar ca- a caviar i will caviar this um with <laughs> um now i don't know what i'm caveat <laughs> adhd everyone oh no see i, I can't i can't um prime but, example yeah exactly oh oh i nope i lost it it's okay i lost it completely well, so what were you saying <laughs> guys let's go on this journey with me go on the journey with go me on the journey with me of understanding my thought process mm-hmm. so i wanted to talk about oh ending relationships mm-hmm. oh i remember now mm-hmm. see i just need see? to do this we went on the journey <laughs> speak now before you forget <laughs> time does heal all but it's important with what we do with that time mm. that really heals that journey for us. Mm. So it's not just, okay, like I ended a relationship or a partnership or a situationship and I'm now just going to let time heal me. Mm. No. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's, even if it's like journaling or date, you know, starting to date other people. That's another thing actually is people think that there's like a timeline of I dated this person for one year, so I have to be single for two months or oh, three months, yeah. and then I can Well, start those dating. are part of all the rules. Yes. That's a part of all these rules. Yeah. No, there, I, I don't think there's a, a rule with that. Of course, if you're still, like, devastated and you yeah, can't you even take your time handle yeah, being on dates, don't do that to yourself. But it's not like, oh, I only have uh, been single for one month, so, like, that I can't go on another date. Mm-hmm. No, you can go on a date if you want to go on another date. Yeah. There's no rules. But – the, the point is, is that, you know, processing that, that grief of, of the ending of another relationship, that just takes time. And it's important to take care of yourself during that time. And what makes you happy? What makes you feel fulfilled? Taking care of yourself maybe in a way that you haven't before. Or, 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 or maybe really reflecting and seeing if you've actually been grieving the relationship before it even ended. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head with the, you know, I think we talked about this in one of our previous sessions is like, you know, Mm -hmm. just because time has passed doesn't mean that you have healed. Yeah. And I think that that's just kind of like a nice, like, you know, way to kind of wrap that in a bow is to recognize that, you know, when you're grieving a relationship, it's just like any other grief. Yeah. You know, you have to ride, ride the wave of it, you know, and it could be a journey. And I do remember, like, I keep going back to my dating experiences. I feel like you haven't talked about too many of yours. Um, <laughs> but I do remember being judged when I was, like, in high school, nah, probably college, like, probably in my 20s, 20, 21, 22, like, early 20s, mm-hmm. of, like, you know, dating around or, like, having someone that I dated for a couple months and then finding someone else I dated for a couple months. And there was judgment around, like, are you ever single? Yeah. And I'm like, what did that like? I, I mean, back then I felt the shame of that because I was so young trying to navigate it. Like, oh, should I be single? Is there a time frame that I'm supposed to be single? Yeah. And now I kind of look back. I'm like, if I'm talking to a 20 something, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No. You know, you do what you want to do if you're connecting with people. That's what dating is. Right. Like, yeah. that's what the hope is, is that you go on a couple dates with someone. You determine you like them or don't. You don't, Mm -hmm. you find someone else, you go on a date, a couple days, whatever, whether that be like for someone for six months, a year, you know, two years, whatever the case. If you find someone else that you like and you connect with, Mm -hmm. what are you going to say? Like, oh, sorry, you have to wait six months until I can date you. (laughs) I mean, if that's what you want to (laughs) do, if that's what you feel like your journey should look like, sure. However, like you don't have to, like there's no, you know, you know, but I just, I do remember a lot of my friends were like, you know. You t- you're dating like you you're constantly dating. No, what's just, wrong with that? I don't know. That was the judgment, right? And I I feel like one of the questions that we did get actually that that has something to do with this was how to deal with single friends who are jealous when you are dating. Mm. I wonder if at the time these these I mean I'm not saying that they were jealous, but I wonder if at the time those friends that talked to you they were 
maybe single mm-hmm. and, and maybe felt some type of way of you being yeah. able to get more dates. Yeah. Um, sure, maybe. And also, like, that was the messaging that they received. Right. So, like, that's probably what they just thought was right or, like, how it was supposed to go. Yeah. And I did – I mean, I dated up until I, ma- you know, married. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I was like, I'm married now. Yeah. <laughs> I dated up until – Does your husband know this? <laughs> He's the best. He would be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> we have that kind of relationship now where we can bust each other's, you know, I'll say, say the word. Um, so, no, I date, you know, I dated quite frequently up until I met my husband and so did he. And I like yeah. would never expect him to, to not date like up until he met me, you know? No, of course. And like there were even times at the beginning of our relationship where he was like, are you seeing other people? Aww. And like, that's the conversation that you have. And I was like, well, no, are you like, are you like, that's just a, you have those kinds of conversations. And he's like, no, and I don't, I don't want you to see other people. And I was like, oh, that's cute. You know? And like, you know, happily ever after riding into the, the dust. Wait, into the- I'm laughing because I'm thinking about my experience and how different it was from yours. Because really? when, when you met your husband, how uh-huh. old were you? 24, 20, I just turned 25. Okay. So you yeah, were met in July and I turned 25 in June. And and he's a little bit older, right? Yeah. Okay. Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Okay. So he was almost thirty, but you were twenty five. Mm-hmm. Um, I so you started dating mid twenties. I started dating my now husband when I was literally twenty. Yeah. 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 I was in mm-hmm. college. Yep. So there wasn't right. like. For, for me, I, I'm laughing because it wasn't like, are you dating other people? Are you like going on dates? Like there, I didn't go on my first date with my husband now until like three months in which sure. is college yeah like you start off different. hooking up right <laughs> and then like maybe if like you're really vibing with the person then you go on dates mm-hmm. I don't know how it is now this was now like what almost 10 years yeah, ago yeah 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 I'm talking about but like for us it was like oh um this guy asked me to date night to like a date party for his fraternity. Are we exclusive or what? Like it was oh, literally man, yeah. like that. And then my husband was, at, I mean, at the time it was not my husband, but he was just like, uh, okay, I guess we're exclusive. Mm-hmm. And like, that was, that was my conversation. Yeah. That's how that happened, which is like so funny because again, like everyone's experience is so much different. Mm-hmm. Um, and age does play a role in this where it's like, yeah, like ha- having even having those conversations yeah. Yeah. is really really hard. Yeah, there was a definite, and I and I'm just sitting here thinking like well, we're not. It's not four and a half. It's I think it's ex- almost exactly four. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. but I do think that that four year gap mm-hmm. does it does show a lot in our relationship mm. as it should. I mean, I think yeah. you know. I mean, that is a significant gap enough to be 25 versus you know he was yeah. going on he was 30 like just about to turn. No, no, no. I'm sorry. 29. Thank you. 29. Um, I'm really great. You can see my brain really doing a lot of twists and turns here. I've only been with him for almost seven years. Can't figure this out. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was different because me being 25, he would he was kind of past the going out and dancing and meeting yeah. people into the bars. And like, I felt like, you know, at that time, I was more so like, let's go out, let's do uh. things. And he was like 29, you know, he was like yeah. virgin on like nine. He's where I am now and I don't go out. Yes, exactly. Oh my God. No, I'm, I'm 31 now. And yeah. I definitely, I mean, whoo, I had, I had definitely stopped, especially since when I had a, a baby, but yeah. So that age gap was different. I think we did probably have different conversations around that. He was obviously just, you know, more mature. He owned a house. I did not, Ooh, you know, wow. like he had the whole, like, you know, lived on his own. I did not kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, um, it was definitely a different experience for us than to, date when you're 20 years old yeah. you know you're both 20 or yeah, whatever both, like yeah. we're two, mo- two months apart. yeah totally <laughs> totally different experience yeah but I do think that you know again like everybody's dating experience is different and I dated all the way up until I met him and I think you probably did too yeah we had no idea what the frick like we're supposed to do Mm -hmm. and it's almost like uh, we received another question about this of are all first or are all first relationships a mess (laughs) um yes i think all relationships period yeah every relationship um, you're gonna have a mess yeah yeah. at some point yeah and and i had like maybe two boyfriends before him and he had no girlfriends Mm. i was his first girlfriend and only girlfriend Uh, (laughs) tell us the truth yeah i'm gonna get him on yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) I mean, dating and, like, 
yeah, being I, exclusive yeah, is two different I things. And That's like, another thing. The language I don't quite understand around like, uh, yeah. does hooking up mean sex? I don't know anymore. Like uh, I, I always thought it was just making out, but like now I think it's sex. And the same thing with like dating. And what does that mean? When you say like he only had one girlfriend, but like, did he date other yeah, people? Yes. Okay. So yeah. like that is where I think there's a disconnect because when I say dating, mm. I literally mean just like seeing other people. Right. Like, and I mean going on dates. Yeah. So I don't, or like, does dating mean your boyfriend and girlfriend? I don't know. See, we don't know, guys. This is what I was we. <laughs> Maybe I go all the way up to the top. What does dating mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess I guess people have to explain themselves, even with hooking yeah. up. You're right because I could say hooking up, and I can mean sex, and I can mean just making out, or I yeah. can mean all the different bases that you can yeah, have right. with hooking up. Um, I mean, with my clients, I always just say, like, okay, what do you mean by hooking up? Yeah, you I always have to ask. ask. Yeah, yeah, I always ask. Um, but again, I'm a ther- I'm my client's therapist, so mm-hmm. it's different when I ask versus right. some random person. Absolutely, asks. absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's it's all a mess. Like, there's no – even in relationships, like, yeah, it's linear in, in the sense of, like, you guys are progressing together, but that doesn't mean there's no bumps in the road yeah. or there's, you know, different arguments and fights and, you know, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. If getting back together makes sense, and I think that could be a whole different s- session for mm-hmm. us to talk about of like getting back together with an ex. Um, but if it works for you, it works for you. You just have to really understand like how is it going to be different this time, in my opinion, um, having that conversation with the person that you want to get back together with. Um, but yeah, all all relationships are going to be kind of messy. Yeah, and do you know why all relationships are going to be messy? Because you have two different yep. people. If we're talking about just monogamous two people mm-hmm. relationship, you have two different people from two different walks of life, two different backgrounds, two mm-hmm. different family dynamics, two different structures of you know <clears throat> family and social life, and two different vastly different experiences. And say that you're twenty, twenty five. 30, whatever, that many years of experience of life without each other in it, yeah. right? So like, and you're getting two people that are so vastly different with two different life's experience and getting them together and expecting them to just like cohesively get along and yeah. like agree on everything and always come up with the decision together. And it's just not real life. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not a carbon copy of any, anybody else. You're not going to yeah. find someone who's exactly the same as you. Exactly. And then also considering like in a heterosexual relationship, you have one male and one female. Mm-hmm. So very different experiences in life just based off of that sheer fact. Yeah. Right. So I think that every single relationship is going to have its ups and downs and to normalize that that doesn't mean you can't, be in love it doesn't mean that you can't be together and have a a overall healthy relationship Mm -hmm. it just means that there's really no such thing as like you know and i said it earlier but i'm a huge disney nerd like happily ever after yeah where like you ride into the sunset and your life is great and perfect and you have no more problems i think in every phase and stage of life with your partner you know because how how much have you changed from Twenty years old to twenty five, from twenty five to twenty eight, from twenty eight to going on thirty. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a ton of changing has happened. So why, why wouldn't you guys have you know scuffles along the way? Yeah, exactly. There are many different reasons why why people don't work out, and maybe many different reasons why they get back together. Yeah, and it is about life transitions and the things that we experience. And if, I mean think about divorce too Mm -hmm. like that's like marriage ending that's that's a big commitment and so and and it happens and it's okay and there's no shame to it whatsoever it's just two people that just don't work out anymore for whatever reason and I think that's a really big thing that you just hit on too like talking about your partner not have had like dating before meeting you at 20 Mm -hmm. it's like some people might hear that and go like oh that's so weird or like why didn't he have a girlfriend before or like Mm -hmm. is something wrong with him like just like normalizing that like some people don't like some people that's not their priority in life is like to find a girlfriend right and like that's okay meanwhile some other boys his age they might have had girlfriends from the time they were 15 Mm -hmm. or younger or whatever me when I was six (laughs) or you when you were six having a crush like every person is different and there is no shame to your singleness the only reason that there is is because of society exactly not necessarily because it's actually a shameful thing Mm -hmm. right so like that's the real thing about shame is like it's not really and it's only coming from the outside sources like telling you 
what your life should look like to be fulfilled. Yeah. Because if you really feel like, you know, yes, I'm single. Mm -hmm. However, I do have a really fulfilling life. I have friends and family and other loved ones and a great career and all these other things. Like not having a partner doesn't take away no. any of that. However, that's what we do. We romanticize, you know. We wanted to enhance. Yeah. Yeah. Life. Yeah. That we wanted in a good addition to our yeah. already great autonomous life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And with that being said, like, you know, we talk about like the ages of dating mm -hmm. and, you know, people ask, is it ever too late to, to start doing that? Is it ever too late to start dating? No. Resounding. Um, yeah. No. no. Resounding. No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is no such thing as, you know, finding love too late in life. Yeah. Well, there's like, there's actually that new, um, speak, <laughs> we were not speaking of reality TV shows, but we have been talking about them a lot, but there's like this new one coming out that's like, um, older women no dating younger men. <laughs> oh, nice. The Cougars. Yeah. Is that what they say, right? I don't know. Is, is, is that what it's called? I, I don't remember what it's yeah. called, but it's, uh, yeah. Okay. Like also like you can date whoever, like as, yeah. as long as it's appropriate, of course. Yeah. Um, and consenting legal. adults. Yeah. Consenting adults. <laughs> you know date whoever you want at whatever age and yeah. at any age that you want to start and uh, again sometimes wise. dating later is the is the way to go yeah because as we were just talking about like when you're so young you might not know exactly mm -hmm. what you want or who you are or you know yeah. what your morals values you know character you know so much changes as you get older you learn you grow so mm -hmm. meeting people later in life might even just be the better option yeah you know for a lot of people absolutely and on that note yeah we have concluded <laughs> dating single. in the single life yeah dating in the single life so maybe next time we could do an episode on relationships yeah like being in one yeah not just be like dating and being mm -hmm. single but like what happens in the next phase of being in the relationship oh all interesting stuff <laughs> well thank you guys so much for being here yay we love you bye guys bye If you'd like to be a part of our community, ask us questions, be involved, laugh your tuchus off, and enjoy some hand-drawn art, don't hesitate to follow us on our socials, both Instagram and TikTok, at TherapyGal for me, Lior, and at Therapy with Maggie LPC for me, Maggie, and our shared Instagram, at Therapist Out of Office. Write a review, follow, subscribe, check us out on YouTube if you want to watch, listen to our podcast on most major platforms. We cannot extend our gratitude enough. Thank you all for being here and for being a part of this. We love you.